Today on Talkin' Hockey, we'll be talking about your Winnipeg Jets and whether or not they can make a playoff push in the second half of the season. We're going to take a tour around Canada and check in on the other Canadian teams. The Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week and the Local Legend segment are back. And Tommy is going to wear Bettman's pants and fix the All-Star game. Right on. I'm into it. Let's give her a go. Here's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Hey there, hockey fans. Welcome back to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. It's Season 2, Episode 14, the Theo Fleury Edition. It's or co- Stu Barnes. Yeah, or, well, yeah, exactly. It could be any number 14. That He was just the first one that came to mind. Uh, co-host Tom here with you. I've got with me, as always, co-host Randy. He's working the dials over there on the mixing board and such. I'm like a... SoundCloud DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as Wee Willie Nylander, though. The, uh, if you recall back to, uh, I don't know, the offseason when he was photographed with cornrows and uh, circular purple glasses. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were given suggesting names for his SoundCloud rap name. Um, I don't remember what ended up be- taking the cake, but. Yeah, anyway. I, th- I think Fantasy Island came up with the winning uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. name. We'll have to look back in the archives. Yeah. We'll get the uh, intern on it. Yeah, yeah, intern's back. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so today on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, um, yeah, we're going to talk about some Jets stuff. Uh, they're on their player, the NHLPA mandated player break right now. So after when they get back to action this coming Friday against Boston, they'll have had close to two weeks off. Um, we're going to talk about the All-Star game that just happened. Uh, we're going to talk maybe, we're going to do a little tour around the league, talk about all the Canadian teams. We figured, hey, what, what a good time to check in on them. It's a bit of a throwback to, it probably was like episode two or three. Yeah, it was real early. Where both of us picked Vancouver as being the uh one yeah. of the best canadian team yeah. and since then they haven't been that good so we just pretended that we didn't say it say it <laughs> but now that they are the best we're gonna bring it back and yeah, you know just, just do some humble brag yeah totally we 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 called it all along <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and uh we'll be talking about uh, uh vintage hockey hair player of the week which we haven't done in quite a while but uh neil Sheehy. Sheehy, 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 I think. Sheehy, yeah, uh, an enforcer from the uh, '80s and '90s. He'll be, we'll be talking about him, and then local legend. Uh, Lo- yeah, local to some, yeah. but you know, I guess it's like just because they were born here, born in one of the hospitals. Did, of, did they? Yeah. Did you know? Did they have to grow up here, play minor hockey here? But anyways, we'll Duncan in, Keith. Yeah, we'll get into those details. Whether or not he 
qualifies as, as eligible or not, but I think he's eligible. I, I, let's yeah. call it, let's say eligible. Yeah. If we get any uh, <laughs> viewer or listener feedback, well, we'll have to just yeah. take it up with you guys next epi. That's right. Um, yeah, so let's uh, get into a little bit of business here. We um, check us out on umfm.com slash podcasts. The new podcast site is up and running. Um, as you may have heard last episode, we had UMFM uh, station manager Jared on the show, and he was kind of talking about uh, how they're launching a, a podcast-specific hosting page. So they host our podcast, the great people down there at UMFM. And uh, uh, so the podcast page is now live. But previously, you had to go through programs and whatnot to find our show. But now you just click uh, the podcast page link. So there you go. And then, of course, we're on Apple Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at uh, Talk and Hockey Podcast, on Twitter at Talk and Hockey Pod, and email us, talkinghockeypod at gmail.com. We've got some. Uh, we've Brand got our, new beers. Yeah, we've got our local. Hot craft off the beer, press. Craft or hot beer off the. the I don't know. What do you call fresh it? Fresh out of the vat. Assembly line? Yeah, the canning line. Canning um, line. Yeah. So we went uh, we went back to the well. We were, were talking Sucrum's Brewery. Bleh, Sucrum's Brewing Co. Uh, Fort Rouge here, just south of Confusion Corner. And uh, so they're the they're the kind of the local brewery for, for us Fort Rougians. The neighborhood spot. Mm-hmm. And so this one here is called Hop Fuzz D D H Pale Ale. What does that mean? Double dry hopped. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like twice the hops, yeah. twice the fun. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it's got, it says it's got Az- Azaka, Citra, and Galaxy hops. Galaxy hops, I've found, are the best ones. Yeah, we like those. It's true. Um, so yeah, this is uh, exciting. It's a new limited release beer that they just did. They had like a summer in the winter festival this weekend i think i i saw on instagram i wasn't able to make it down but uh yeah um without any further ado i know we're a couple of thirsty fellas let's, yes let's crack let's these crack her open and see what happens here so we'll get that harmony of sound of course get a little spray spray back on the microphone uh i yeah. had these stored in the old cooler bag since th- this afternoon with yeah. the ice pack so there's let's see still, how she goes there's still night i can feel the, the the cold on the on the hands here yeah oh yeah that's real good eh yeah it's very very citrusy but not overwhelmingly so i wouldn't say it's like the kilter juicy which we've had is and is very orangey I would say that this this one is along the same lines as Kilter Juicy, yeah. but just not as strong. I right. would say like it, this would be like yeah, this the, clock, the younger brother right. to Kilter Juicy. Yeah, yeah. This clocks in at four point eight percent alcohol by volume, and a lot of those other ones they're they're up in the sixes yeah. as far as percents go. Actually, something I totally forgot that we should be mentioning here is the fact that it was your birthday yesterday, and. It was. And you share a birthday with... The great one, Wayne the great Gretzky. One. Yeah, he's exactly 20 years older than I. So uh, he he turned... Uh, next year, both of us have big milestone birthdays, but... He's 60 and you're... Next year, he'll be 60 and I'll be 20. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> well, for in in honor of Tommy's birthday yesterday, uh, a couple of us uh, caress of Steelers went for a rip on the old ODR. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, turned, Lord Roberts. Yeah, good handful of guys turned out for a while. We had a good. Well, there were five of us, and we had a two-on-three game of shinny, and. Good being, little rip. being on the side with two, it felt like it could never get open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, and it's like I can't, I can't uh, can not we, back check. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But anyway, uh, it was a good yeah. skate. Got worked up a good sweat, and then oh, we went over sure. to the old local Leopold's. Yeah, for a, a cold had, one. Had a cold one there for lunch. So barley sandwiches. Good way to ring in the birthday. So that was pretty great. Yeah. Um, Actually, one thing we talked about doing that we haven't really was the ODR report. Right. Um, and if we want to just do a little brief recap of the Lord Roberts ODR. Sure. Um, you know, the the rink was a little rough in a couple spots. Yeah. But what you lose in maybe ice quality, you gain in just the vibe. It's a pretty chill outdoor oh, rink yeah. where you can just rip pucks, usually with no one really around. You're generally guaranteed to be the only person or people there. Um, so if you want to pretend you're Sidney Crosby scoring the golden goal in 2010 mm. and do the same celebration, you can do that in pretty much <laughs> privacy and yeah. no one will see you. Yeah. So if you really want to work on your Sally game, that's yeah. the good rink to work on it. Yeah, there, there was the one uh, sort of corner or the end of the boards. I guess that would be the east end of the rink. And it was a little, there was a couple of little spots there that seemed sketchy. But they weren't too bad, and they were out of the way. And then there was there was the odd divot out of the ice here and there. But it was kind of a warmer day yesterday. Like, I don't know what the temperature was, so I could see that it was the ice would have been a little softer. But, uh, it's yeah, it's a good rink to just go and practice your moves solo because, like, uh, I think it must have been over the holidays. I, w- I went there a couple times, and I was the only one there. And I was working on cutting in. I was doing, like... I was basically just doing the same thing over, cutting in from the side. I was going from either side and then making like a quote unquote power move to the net and then, <laughs> and then shelving it short side. That was like my, uh, move I was trying. So then, um, at old timers hockey on Friday, just this past Friday that came in handy. That you training came in handy there you go. and I did it, Randy. I did it. Connor McDavid, suck on these. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, basic. And by Connor McDavid, I mean that move he does where it looks like he's going to go forehand, backhand, and try and tuck it around the goalie. But instead of going forehand, backhand, he just goes forehand shelf. It's in the net before on the, the short goal, side. Before, yeah, before yeah. the goalie even knows what's nice. going on. So that's uh, one out of ten times I can do that, and so I had that's that a one, pretty good percentage. One time there, right there. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, that was the ODR report. Lord Roberts, uh, decent shape. You mm. know, you might not want to go booting around at high speeds because you might bite bite it. But yeah. uh, if you're just looking to rip pucks in uh, some in a quiet setting, then uh, there you go. Yeah, uh, there's certainly rinks out there with better ice, but it's. Um, I don't know the the spot. I think makes it for me. I yeah. I, I, I like that rink. There's yeah. just there's a character that it has. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, stay tuned. We'll do some more uh, outdoor rink reports coming up. Uh, you know, we'll hit up some. Yeah, we'll, I think I think this week I'm gonna go check out what's that rink there up there on Henderson, close to. Mm, uh, yeah, it's like the uh, 
someone's name. Well, there's Bronx, but then there's uh, Clara Hughes or something. Yeah, it's the one like right by the, uh, if it's still there, um, there was like a, what do you call it? Like a cash money like oh, yeah. place? Cash, advanced cash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's place. like right by uh, Carmen. I know Carmen is on the left okay. side. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I think maybe either Tuesday or Wednesday, if you're looking for a rip, I think I'm going to go there with uh, Uncle Kyle. Right on. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll call Uncle Uncle Kyle up. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Rink report. Stay there tuned. There you go. <laughs> Brought to you by yeah. Pro Hockey Life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pro hockey life, the old Jets got the week off right now, so it feels like there's, as far as locally, there's not a lot of pro hockey life in the in the town. And you could argue that before they no went offense on break, to the moose, yeah, I guess so. Eh? <laughs> well, there, yeah, sorry about that, boys. Um, I always forget about the moose. So does why. half of Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, it's, I guess it's, you know, it's a bit of an off or whatever they call it, like the off week or the players break Yeah, coming out of the all-star break. Uh, some teams are back in action tonight. They would have had their break uh, prior to the all-star break. Or yeah. I'm saying break a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. But I guess, uh, yeah, I saw some teams are back in action and the Jets are basically not playing until Friday here at home. I would assume that maybe Thursday they're back on the ice. I yeah, they think. must get a practice in before they go back. I think it. so. Yeah, I, I don't think they would just leave it for the morning skate here, kind here, of thing. Yeah, and here's what I bet the coaches and players will all be saying to the media uh, uh, upon their first practice. The first practice. They'll okay, be, the, so so here we are. Oh, uh, yeah. I'll I'll ask you the question. Okay. So uh, uh, good good practice out there. It looked like the pace was good. You guys look refreshed. Uh, what's your thoughts coming into out of the break here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got to get our game back to basics. You know, uh, it's all about the base getting the you know uh, shooting skating passing uh back to basics gotta get it, our... and it looks like you have a uh, quite the tan going on where were you yeah well i was down at uh, the you know at the beach there but what we're doing here is getting back to basics you know <laughs> there's uh lots of uh basics to be gotten back to and we're gonna get right back to them so I'm pretty sure we're going to hear that exact clip on Thursday yeah. around noon on yeah. 1290 Yeah, tune TSM. in to 1290 <laughs> yeah, post-practice, and you'll be hearing Blake Wheeler and... The boys. Yeah, Matthew Perose will be like uh, a little bit of a French accent as yeah. he says back to basics, but he'll, they'll all be saying the same thing, yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, bit of a break here, but, uh, you know, the come, going into the all-star kind of uh, festivities... The Jets kind of stumbled in, eh? Well, what's you know what was their last fifteen? Like they're like four eleven and something or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah, like, it's not a good record. They lost four in a row now, and they've lost five of their last six. And then the and then um, well, the game right before the break was the Columbus game there, and they they were up, weren't they up? They had a lead. Yeah, and, and then they and lost then, four three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Certainly um, not the ideal result, although that effort was the best of their recent efforts, I should, I would say. Well, here's a question I got then. Like, is it still a good effort if you lose? Well, to me that, to me that like, that's, I don't know, we're playing good, but we lost and we didn't even get a point. Like, I I don't know. Like, I guess that's okay. Like, I guess you want to build off, you know, some positive play, but at the same time, shouldn't have been like. We, Effort wasn't good enough because we lost. Yeah, yeah, we we didn't do enough to win, yeah. or 
you know, we're at the t- point of the season here now where like points, every single point makes a difference. And we left Columbus without getting a point and we even had the lead at one point. I don't mm. know. I'm just, I just think like, I certainly, I guess you got to try and build off some positives and kind of I think go that, from there, but I certainly hear what you're saying. I think that if you look at that last stretch of five or six games, that game against Columbus was their best effort because the game against Tampa it looked like they were they were out to the Pony Corral for lunch and and forgot to show up to the game on time. What was that one like? Seven one or something. Seven one Tampa, yeah. and then the game against Chicago, then uh, in in the Windy City there they lost five two. Again, it didn't look like they showed up or even cared about anything. And then against Carolina, all the analysts uh, on TV and such were saying uh, that they had a good effort in that one. Well, they lost 4-1, and I watched that game and didn't think that the effort was that good. Oh, and the, uh, what yeah. do they call that? Like the the Carolina celebration oh, after the, the game, uh, they did the old dodgeball surge. game? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's a bit of a salt on the wounds, eh? Yeah, it, <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> I th- I figured they would have given that up by now, but hey, the fans like it, and um, yeah, I mean Carolina, they got lacrosse goals with Shvechnikov, they got storm surge dodgeball games going on, and and Justin Williams is back now, yeah, and yeah. he's and he scored against yeah, the Jets, yeah. of course, and uh, Shifley had the big fight against Pe- Joe Pesci or whatever that guy's name is, the guy from Home Alone, yeah, <laughs> the wet bandit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I don't know what that guy's name is. I think it, Brett. Okay. Isn't it Brett? Uh, it could be. Brett. I, I think it's his last name's Pesci, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But P E S C E. Oh, okay. Where so Joe Pesci, the it, actor, is ends in an I. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, it's that's a shame he didn't fight the actor then. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. But like. He was so angry that game, Shifley was. Well, I can imagine the frustration. His teammates were just like standing by, ho-hum, not caring. And yeah, you could just see the frustration boil over. So that was uh, kind of refreshing to see in a way. And hopefully, as the Jets come back, they got got some big games coming up against Boston, like you say. They got a back-to-back against St. Louis with a day off in between. No, I think it's Boston, St. Louis, Nashville, St. Louis. Oh. Yeah, you got the schedule right there? Oh, yeah, I do too. Boston, St. Louis, Boston, St. Louis, Nashville. So that's really weird. In the next five games, they only play three teams. That's crazy. No, I'm totally wrong about that. Yeah. Because the the way the calendar goes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boston, St. Louis, Nashville, St. Louis. And then Ottawa, yeah. Okay. And then, well, like, like, look, they got a stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six games at home. Not yeah. that they've been winning at home, but maybe they well, can kind of. They've got a huge. They've got a lot of home games coming up because. <clears throat> but yeah, oh, so yeah, look they, at look at March. March is full of home yeah, games. Yeah, so they really need to take advantage of that, and and they haven't this season so far. Okay, so question for you here: They're, We're coming out of the break. We got well, Boston, St. Louis. That's back to back. That's Friday, Saturday. Right. And then they got a day off. They play Nashville, and then they got a day off, and then they're in St. Louis. Um, you know, how big are these next four games for the Jets? I think that it wouldn't be out of... Like, I don't think it would be crazy to say that it might make or break the season. You know what I mean? Like, because where it stands right now, the Jets are... Um, they're on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. 
they're um like it's in the in the in the central division they're 54 points tied with chicago for 54 points the wild are just behind them with 52 the preds are right behind them with 51 and you know chicago and winnipeg are four back of dallas etc and so Winnipeg, and if they, you think about the wild card, Winnipeg is three back of Arizona and Vegas. Right. And so they, out of these next four games, they need, they need a minimum, I would say, of five points. Like two, four, six, eight, right, would be the max you can get. They need a minimum of five out of eight points out of these games, I'd say, to stay with the pack yeah. and sort of keep it right there. If they lose three of the four games... We could be sitting here next week talking about who do they need to trade at the deadline, you know what I mean, and sell pieces off and everything. But if they win a couple games or three, even all four games. Against good teams. Then I think then we're having a different conversation. We're saying, like, well, they got to go out and pick up uh, somebody to bolster the depth or whatever. So The, the thing, too, here is, like, you're, you're, you're basically fighting, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. six teams for two wild card spots. Yeah. So there's lots of hockey to be played. They they got about thirty games left, and you know, just as they had a a, a losing streak there to to go into the All Star break, they could put together a winning streak, and some other team could go on a losing streak. You know, like stuff happens. Well, let's so, do some quick math here. So they're they're at fifty four points. Would you say like what ninety four could get you in? It's they generally say something like that. You need so so they then they need they need forty points in the next. There's thirty one games. Do you think the Jets can get forty points in thirty one games? So that's like twenty wins or something like that. Or yeah. some OTLs in there somewhere. And well, right now they have fifty-one points or fifty-four points in fifty-one games. Yeah. So that's almost matching. So they kind of have to. So go they got to like, go thirty-one and forty. So they got to they got to do better than what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. To get ninety-four, and that would maybe just squeeze in. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe last year, what did they have ninety, like high nineties, mm. and then the year before they had like a hundred and three or something when they. Yeah when they went to the Western they, conference. Yeah. Final. They definitely need to like get, they got to get hot. Yeah, yeah. They got to get hot. And if they have 30 mm-hmm. games left, yeah, they got to go like 20 and 10. You know what I mean? Some sort of combination of that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. If they get 20 wins in these next 31 games, that you or got, no, what did I say? Yeah. Yeah. 31. Tw- yeah. yeah. Tw- 20 wins in the next 31 games. I think that would give them a shot. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have to tighten up the D. They'll have to score some goals because Connor Alibuck will have to continue his play. In, in this in this uh recent stretch that they've essentially forgotten how to score goals it seems like and they've been giving them up way too easily. So part of that is the injuries which, you know, we've talked about before. Everybody's injured and now there's another injury. Adam Lowry's out. I don't remember at what point that happened, but uh, it was in the Carolina game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, the other thing is that this road trip was the mums trip, and they went zero for three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, I'm, mom. 
Yeah, exactly. Will they be doing... That was the first ever mom's trip. Will they be doing that again? Will they have another mom's trip? Or will they say, well, that didn't work so good last time? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that was was too bad. To me, it seems like... And, you know, let me know your thoughts on this. Where has Nikolai Ehlers gone? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like, you know, has... I don't know. Like... His it just po- seems like he's like is he st- even still playing? His you know? point like, production's fallen off quite a bit there, for sure. He was he was like the hottest jet at the beginning of the season, yeah. and now it just seems like he's not even there. It seems to be like the the Shifley and Connor show for the most part. Yeah, I mean Kyle Connor has been playing great. Mark Shifley, he's you know over a point a game. Um, it just yeah, it's. It's uh, it's hard to to sort of watch, I guess, when like you've only when you've got people who you know should be doing better, and then the production's not there. Like it's <clears throat> the the secondary scoring on the Jets this year hasn't been great. Like they need more from uh, Jack Roslovic. Yeah, you know they need even. Like Adam Lowry, I love him, and I don't expect him to score a ton of goals, but he's got like 10 points on the season. You know what I mean? He should be contributing a little more than that, you would hope. And and, and I don't know, but um, it's been a tough season full of adversity for the Jets. There's no doubt about that. So, like, the fact that they're kind of almost in the mix. They're still in the mix, and, you know, it seems like Brian Little might be coming back soon. Um, you know, like, you know, uh, I think, uh, a couple of the D men that are injured are, are not too far away from, from coming back. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it, there, there's some potential positives coming soon, it seems like, but, um, you know, no better way to create some positives by stringing a couple W's together, especially, uh, against teams like Boston and St. Louis. Yeah. And so Nick Ehlers, he's got 38 points in 51 games. Um, but in his last five games, he's got one assist and he's a minus three. And it just hasn't really been going his way, you know. So maybe he got in some well-needed R&R and he'll come back and yeah. he'll have that little nice little clip after practice coming yeah, up here. you hope so. So I don't know. We'll see. But like one thing I think that I garnered over the last losing streak here is that the size and physicality on the blue line, it just doesn't cut it. Uh, it's been frustrating to watch. Like on the winning goal against Columbus, that Bjorkstrand guy, he's a big guy. Don't get me wrong. But is, like, is that when uh, Kulikov just, was out muscled? Yeah, he yeah. just he kind of just blasted right through him. Excuse me, and then. Look, Sammy Niku's not the world's biggest guy, and I don't expect him to play like the most physical game. But he's gonna have to get his nose dirty now and then. Like well, he just seems to kind of give give the space in the front of the net and just kind of stick, trying to stick check guys. Like in that Carolina game where Shifley got in the in the scrap, there was a a Carol a play where Hellebuck was, you know, goal mouth scramble, and uh, there's like couple hurricanes just whacking away at it and Niku's just there trying to stick check him at that point you're gonna have to do whatever you can to like throw the body on the guy out muscle a guy do you think Charlie Huddy said something to him as he went to the bench Mm -mm. we'll see but I guess those two don't even like each other to start with but oh yeah you know hurt feelings are one thing and and uh getting paid to play hockey is another so 
And winning games too. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, like Niku's young and everything, but like, and I can see what he does well, but he's got a lot of parts of his game that at the moment, I'm just like, I don't know that you're ready for the NHL, but there's nobody else to put in the lineup. Well, so. he he was AHL defenseman of the year in his first year. Like, mm-hmm. so there is obviously some something there, but uh yeah. Yeah, what it whatever it will it take to kind of get it out here yeah. in the in the bigs, I guess we'll we'll, yeah. we'll find out. And like Anthony Batetto is kind of the most physical blue liner they've got at the moment, I'd say maybe, but like he's also very prone to mistakes with the puck and isn't the fleetest of foot. So it's, 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 yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is and it's been going on all year. So it's just sort of, it's hard to say whether or not all those underlying numbers that everybody goes on and on about, you know, with the puck possession stats and giveaways and high danger chances and all this, if it's catching up with them and, you know, we'll see. But like I say, lots of hockey left. Thirty games. Um, do you ever check out moneypuck.com? Uh they have like the percentages so. of what the teams they're gonna make okay. that make the playoffs. Uh and the Jets just keep dropping. Right. Yeah. Um so one one more question and then let's do the let's do the tour around the league here mm-hmm. or around Canada. Yeah. But let let let's let's throw our predictions out right now here on January twenty seventh at eight thirty two PM. Yeah. Are the Jets going to make the playoffs? I've been saying yes all year, <laughs> but at the moment it's kind of like I'm 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 flip floppy. I don't know. I if they play if they come back from the break and play like they were the last ten games, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. But I'll just I'll be I'll be positive, Pete, right now, and I'll say yeah, they're going to get it together. They're going to put together a win streak, and they're going to squeak in. As like the eighth seed or something like that. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say I don't I don't think they're gonna make it. I just it doesn't seem like the the mojo yeah. is is here this season. And you know as you know obviously a, a, being a huge Jets fan, I want to see them but get does, her done. But it just it just seems like it's you know something's missing like... this year, and maybe you just kind of gotta pull back a bit and uh, get things figured out over the summer and come back again next year. But yeah. Anyways, that's my call. Fat bastard has stolen the Winnipeg Jets mojo, yeah. and now they're on the quest through time and space to get it back. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Groovy baby. All right, let's 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 hop on the uh, Air Canada seven thirty seven and yeah. go across Canada here. All right. Um, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, that Tom and I both called Vancouver as being the Canadian team to watch this year. Mm-hmm. And they are currently the best Canadian team, uh, just like we called. Um, and yeah, then, the, yeah, I guess... They're 13th in the league. You know, Edmonton's right behind them. Well, look at... And Toronto and Calgary are as well. Yeah, and then Winnipeg is just a couple back, yeah. back from there. Yeah, Montreal has kind of fallen off. They have. Uh, they were in the playoff hunt there for a while, but it like Tampa and Florida have both gone on some tears and then Montreal losing eight in a row certainly didn't help. And then bringing it up the rear is Ottawa. So let, let's yeah. just do a quick little, like uh, let's, let's go from bottom to top here. Okay. I guess, you know, if you're looking at Ottawa, I think they pretty much knew the season they were going to have. 
they got a bunch of young pieces. They're going to have some draft picks uh, yeah. in this year's draft to start to they have a rebuilding. Lot, they have like a lot of first round drafts. They have San Jose's first round draft this and year. And San Jose is currently 26th. So Ottawa has the chance of getting like two top five picks mm-hmm. in the draft coming up here. Which is, you know, a good a good way to start a rebuild after yeah. losing Carlson, losing Stone, uh, losing Duchesne, losing uh, uh, Zingol and yeah. whoever else. But yeah, no, well, they're they're gonna lose uh, Pajot probably. Yeah, yeah. There's a good chance he gets traded. I think uh, probably he'll. But, I, but he's I, UFA, so you never know. He could resign in yeah, the yeah. summer in Ottawa, but. They, you got to like kind of what they're doing there as far as the compete and stuff. Like they're not like, yeah, they make a lot of mistakes and don't win a ton of games, but they, they play hard. Like they jets play them in a, in a week or two. And I bet you, I bet you Ottawa will win that game. Like, I don't know. I just feel like they will, but I guess the thing for Ottawa too, it's like Anderson, like the goalie, they must have like, well, they've got um, this guy Hogberg who's been playing. Is and he then, the next kind of? Uh, I think they want him to be, line? but yeah. then they've also got Nil Nils, Nilstrom Nil- or uh, the heck's that guy's name? He used to play for Vancouver a couple years ago. Oh yeah, Nilsson. Nilsson. Yeah, yeah. So between the three of them, and I don't know that Anderson plays a ton anymore, and they're even talking about he might get traded at the deadline, although. He's probably got a no trade, and I well also his his best years are behind him for sure. So I think, but uh, like a team that might need a backup going in the playoffs yeah. or something, maybe you never know. But so I, Ottawa will definitely definitely be selling here at the deadline. Yeah, uh, they won't you know be giving up any of your young guys. They got Brady Kachuk, uh, they got uh, Shabbat. Yeah. Who, who is like one of my new favorite defensemen in the league. Yeah, he's really good. They, you know, they've got some good pieces to start building around. Plus, they, you know, they're going to, you know, they, got they have a chance to get Lafreniere in the, uh, you know, first overall pick. Like, you know, they're, they're just because Detroit's dead last doesn't mean they're going to get sure. him. You know, anyone's got a shot at him. And Ottawa basically has two chances to get him because of San Jose's pick. Yeah, and they could they could flip one of those picks and try and trade up, you know what I mean? Or they could flip both of their picks to trade up to the top spot or something. You never know, right? But That'd they, be amazing to they, see, actually. Yeah, like there could be some trickery on draft day trade-wise, right? Um, but they've also got Brandstrom, who came over in one of the trades that they did last year. He's a defenseman, nifty little guy, um, highly touted little speedster kind of fella. And then they've uh, they just called up Batherson from uh, he's from New Brunswick I think or maybe he's from Nova Scotia but anyway he he just got the call up and he's he's supposed to be good he trains with Crosby and McKinnon in the in the summer apparently so anyway we'll cool. see we'll see what Ottawa can do but I don't think anybody's expecting them to do much aside from sell off a bunch of parts yeah. in the next few weeks <laughs> everyone pretty much knew uh, yeah. what to expect yeah. so let's keep going here Montreal I think everyone expected Montreal to be better than they are they're currently 24th in the league yeah uh, if you look at the wild card standings in the east um, they are 10 points out right and there's a bunch of teams in between yeah it's a, that's that's gonna be a it's tough a one very tough slog to get back into the playoff position there I guess let, let's try and keep this brief but okay. let's just throw it out like are they wasting Carey Price's best years you know uh, it, it, sort of you know but 
at the same time, it's like, yeah, they thought that they were going to be better this year, but then like, like the jets, they've been injury ravaged this year. Arguably their best player drew was hurt after 19 games and he hasn't played a game since then. Gallagher arguably, arguably their other best player. He's, he's out and has been out for a while with concussion. So it's hard to say Tatar has been really good. Armia was hurt for a long time. Um, Che Weber's been playing great. You know, they've they've got bright spots, but I don't think their lineup is deep enough to go. And yeah, maybe like, you know, with Carey Price there, it's it's like you got to you got to have a team in front of them and they just they're not deep enough and they're too injured. To me, it feels like they're missing that one main guy. Yeah. Like they've got like the supporting cast. Yeah. Uh, like Max Domi, for instance, like yeah. You know, great player, but I don't think he's the guy. No, so they're for sure. they're they're missing like that, you and, know, like that main well, number, the one number one player. Center. Yeah. And they're hoping that Jess Barry Kakanyemi can grow into that, but he's like nineteen and a few years away from being better. I think he's still decent, but he's not. You know, I don't think he's had a great year. Excuse me, but um. I will. I would say that they're probably gonna end up selling off a bunch of pieces. Like they got Kovalchuk just a lot the other week. Yeah, he's basically playing himself. And he's into playing pretty a, good. So yeah. I think that they could flip him for a draft pick to a team that's going to the playoffs. Yeah, uh, they've got a couple other guys who I think are free agents at the end of the year that they'll probably flip or whatever. Like Tatar, <clears throat> I think maybe. And Tatar's being he's playing really good right now, but. It'd be a shame to see him go, but if you're going to look at this as a lost year, if you're Montreal, you need to probably recoup some assets for your for your UFAs who are going to walk anyway. Okay, so let's let's uh even though Calgary is next, let's talk Toronto first and then we can kind of talk Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver all together yeah, because Pacific, they're all in the same uh, divi- division. Yeah, yeah. So Toronto, they're 15th in the league, so pretty much dead center. Yeah, they're kind of a couple points out of the playoffs right now. They're 4 points out of the last wild card. Which is funny cuz just uh they were just not long ago they were like second in the Atlantic or something. Yeah, but and so now they put together a losing streak while Tampa started getting hot. Yeah, they're Florida 13, got hot. 13 points behind Boston. Mm. They are five behind Tampa and yeah. four behind Tron- Florida. Toronto's a funny team because like the games I've watched of them this year, when they have the puck, they're scary. Like It looks like they can just score whenever they want. But then when they don't have the puck, it looks like they look like a bunch of peewee players who've never played together before. And like I guess in their, in their in their defense, and pun intended, mm-hmm. they've lost Morgan <laughs> Riley and Jake yeah. Muzzin, so yeah. they're kind of thin believe, on the back end. I believe Muzzin's back tonight. Okay. but And but also yeah. uh, Tyson Berry? Yeah. No. He's, he's, Is I that his name? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, he had a bit of a slow start underneath Babcock there. And yeah. Since Keith t- has taken over, he's kind of... Turned he, back into the player that you know he was in Colorado, but he leaves a little to be desired defensively in the first place. I think he like he's not a bad player, but I don't think he's like the world's greatest defenseman or anything. But yeah, I, mean? I would say their their two best defenders are or have are injured and have up. been out for a while. Yeah, if yeah. Muzzin is back soon or tonight or whatever yeah. it was, yeah. And then um, 
their goalie kind of came back to earth and was playing ordinary there. He got pulled in a few straight games. And uh, I watched the Florida-Toronto game just before the All-Star break kind of thing, and Florida just stomped them. It was 8-2 eight, eight or 8-3 or whatever it was. I don't know. But they just <laughs> they Toronto uh yeah, they couldn't keep the puck out of the back of their net and it it was all just like sort of bonehead plays. So whether or not they make the playoffs, it's going to be hard. It's hard to see them kind of without tightening things up. It's hard to see them getting anywhere well, in the playoffs, you and, know. And they're in pretty tough because they're basically fighting Philly, Carolina, yeah. Columbus and Florida. And all of those teams have for, been playing real good. For two wild card spots. Yeah. So yeah, it could be tough, uh but also maybe the answer for Toronto is not to uh oh, I guess if they do get the wild card, they still might face yeah. Boston. So yeah. that's kind of like their uh <laughs> kryptonite yeah if you will it'd be funny too to see like <clears throat> to see another boston toronto matchup and i don't even care who wins i would just like to see it again because it's just it's become kind of a classic spring thing the last few years but you know they've been talking about they need to get a a, a, a top pairing defenseman especially with riley out and everything but like don't you think they have to trade nylander to get that or you know uh, I mean? or uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Kapanen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they're right up against the the salary cap apparently, and and you know if you're if you want to create a little bit of breathing room, or depending on who you're going after out there in the defense world, like I don't think Kapanen makes. I think he makes like two two and a half mil or something. But he, I think he could bring backs like you know. You know, yeah. and you know, a, a quality defenseman. At yeah. the same time, signing three guys for eleven million dollars <laughs> and higher is usually, yeah. you know, is probably working against them. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But before before we jump over to the Pacific, I just noticed something here. Yeah. Top five teams in the league. Three of them are from the Metro. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Islanders. Islanders. Yeah. And the Metro, like. They had the worst team pretty much at the uh, All-Star game. <laughs> well, I guess they're not built for 3-on-3. Well, also, three. also uh, Crosby was there. there. Yeah. Ovechkin wasn't there. No yeah. Malkin. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, okay, so let's go to the Pacific here. So you basically have Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. And they're all... They're all 1-2-3 yeah. right now, and it's been kind of a, you know, jumping back and forth between those three as as, as well as... Arizona, who added Taylor Hall not too long ago. Yeah. And Vegas, who just, uh, pardon me, changed their coach not too long ago. Yeah. You look at you look at Vancouver's goal differential, they're plus 13. Edmonton's plus 2. And Calgary is minus 12. So that tells you a little bit about the style that they're playing as far as the Canucks go. Like, they're, they're scoring goals. They got some real nice offensive talent. I was looking at a... Uh, listing like some sort of statistical thing about the best lines in the league right now, the top five best lines. And one of them is Pedersen, Bezer and Miller. JT. Yeah. Yeah. And they, that line's been killing it for them. And then their goalie Markstrom has just been like, he's having a, He's having himself a season. And they got Quinn Hughes and Tyler yeah. Myers yeah. back on the blue line. Canucks are a team to like this year, for sure. And also, they wear those deadly sweaters like 
often the black uh, 90s sweaters. And Bo Horvat is their captain. Yeah. Yeah, Bo. Um, I, you know, I, I would still say, like, Edmonton just doesn't have a, a deep enough team. It's, yeah. you know, you've seen the memes, and it's like Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, and then, like, I don't know, it's like, it's like the the picture is like I don't know two sides of a canyon and it's holding up a boulder <laughs> and it's like McDavid is one side of the canyon and Dry settles the other side of the canyon and then it's like if without them the boulder falls kind of thing. <laughs> um, it just seems like it's those two guys and then a whole bunch of other people, um, and then their goaltending is is okay, but also like just the rest of the team just is not as as. Uh, you know, as complete as maybe some of these other teams in the NHL. And then same thing with Calgary. They just seem to be like, you know, there's a lot of good players, um, you know, a couple good defenders, obviously some good forwards. They've got Kachuk, they've got Johnny Goudreau, they've got Sean Monaghan. Um, but like, it just seems to be Goudreau's like, been terrible this year. Yeah. Like it, it, you, you never know with some of those guys that are going to, you know, are they going to show up that night? And yeah. just Vancouver just seems to have more of a complete lineup and yeah. just more consistency like, I think throughout if, the season. If so I far. was going to pick a team out of the three Pacific Canadian teams, the that would go the furthest in the playoffs, I'd have to say Vancouver. Like I, I think, and and also I think Edmonton is the better of the Alberta teams. I think Calgary has been good, but. They're yeah, like you're saying, like there's just something kind of weird about them this year that they're not playing. Uh, you know, like they were the best team in the West last year, I think, and and they just haven't found that form. You know, they have nights where they look really good, but the I don't know. I I think I would take Edmonton over Calgary at this point. And hey, we get a Battle of Alberta rematch in a couple days. Pretty soon, here. yeah. I guess that's uh, Friday, right? Third. Wednesday, maybe even. Oh, cool! Even yeah. better. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be kind of fun. We'll get to, to watch. see uh, Zach Cassian and Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, so, go head to head again. See what happens. Yeah, um, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. And and if if uh, there's the hockey guard, if the hockey gods are listening, you know they'll be doling out a uh, uh, Calgary El- uh, Edmonton for, first uh, round playoff matchup. Yeah whether it's first, second, whatever, but that would be awesome. And yeah. So I don't know. I think, uh, I think at this point, yeah, you got to look at Vancouver and just kind of say like, they're the, they're the best Canadian team in the league right now. I would just like we called it. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to talk analytics or whatever we're going to talk about here? Or do you need a fresh one? And should we just take a break and throw yeah. that into segment two? Yeah. Let's come on. Let's take a break and come on back for period two. And, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, have a fresh, can of Hop Fuzz by Sucrums Brewing Co. So we'll kick off the next period here with a wearing the pants question, and then we'll talk uh, technology yeah, yeah, in yeah. hockey. Jeans on, I pull my blue jeans on. 
Yeah. And we're back. Right on. Yeah, we're back. We've got a fresh can of Hop Fuzz Double Dry Hop Pale Ale by Sucrums Brewing Co. in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, this one here, she's a pale ale, double dry hopped with Azaka Citra and Galaxy Hops. These hops dazzle this pale ale with flowers with flavors of citrus, peach, and tropical fruits. Color me dazzled. <laughs> what do you think? Do I have a future in um, beer Voiceover advertising? Work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the obviously the theme music for the Wearing the Pants segment. And fresh off the all-star break, just like these fresh hops, you know, basically the thing on everyone's mind is like, why does the all-star game suck so much? <laughs> so, basically, the question for Tommy this week is he's going to go into Gary Bettman's New York closet. Yeah, he probably lives in like on Fifth Ave in oh, uh, yeah. in Manhattan or something, eh? And you're going to try on Bettman's pants. They might be like clam diggers or mm. capri pants for you because I'm guessing he's <laughs> maybe about five foot two. <laughs> um, but you're going to put on Bettman's pants. Yeah. And you are going to fix the all-star game. And and prior to recording, we kind of had some discussion about like what other leagues do and things that they, the NHL could maybe, uh, you know, it, you know, research or, you know, try applying to the all-star game to make it something that, you know, people care about. And for me this past weekend, I think I was more interested in the women's three on three game and just watching the highlights of the skills competition, mainly I like the fastest skater. I like the hardest shot and I like seeing a drunk Brett Hull. (laughs) He was, yeah, he showed up again. (laughs) eh? The veins just bulging and the rest of it. He's been crushing a few Michelobes. All keyed up on Michelob (laughs) ultra lights or whatever they are. So, yeah, my question is for you, and maybe, you know, this is, uh, you know, maybe this requires you, you know, going on a on a vision quest to figure out what could actually save the all-star game. But just, you know, off the top of your head, you know, what 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 would you do or what do you think, you know, they could do to just spark some life into a somewhat dead event? I've heard so many suggestions about this and there a lot of them i think are kind of bs that i'm just like if you want that just play ea sports video games you know what i mean so to me it's kind of like i have i think the best idea that i've heard is for the skills comps just invite whoever want have it an open like an open skills comp whoever i, I like that idea. whoever thinks they got the like ben Sherratt, he could blast them you know, for hardest shot. A Nikolai Ehlers could be fastest yeah, skater. Or, or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like have have it open to guys who they can show up and they just say, yeah, I'm going to take a rip at this and uh, see what happens, you know? And and that I think that would make the skills competition more interesting. Well, similar to that, there was the guy from the AHL skills competition. Uh, I th- forget his first name, but his last name is FRK. Oh, Martin? Is it Martin? Martin Frick? Yeah. 
So yeah, he played for the Halifax Mooseheads, and then he had a stint with the Red Wings, if this is the guy we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think he plays, he's in LA's system now, okay. and he plays for their farm team. Yeah. And he had 109.2 or something for hardest shot, which was really? harder than... Than Shea Weber's. Yeah, this year. Wow. So, like, that just goes to show, yeah. like, let uh, have an open invitation to, you know, the guys who want to try their luck at the accuracy or the fastest yeah. skater or hardest shot or... You know, the goalies, if they want, instead of like the all-star goalies, just kind of mailing it in for their event. Yeah, it's tough. Maybe you got the... a, a guy that actually wants to try and, and you know, you know, not pull his groin. It's kind of tough for the goalies in the skills comp and the all-star game and stuff. So I feel for them because it's like the way it's set up now, it's just like, why bother trying? Yeah, and know? I would say let some second stringers come. Yeah, and then they get a show, they can showcase yeah. or whatever. That but yeah, said, anyways, I like that, that. That said, Andre Vasilevsky, the Tampa goalie, it's like he's got a move now. Hey, eh? he pulled it a couple times oh, yeah. on the weekend. The behind the back glove save. He did it in the skills competition so, and in the game. Yeah, so it's um, that's kind of neat, I guess. But most goalies don't have such <laughs> tricks in their bag, if you will. But um, I think that yeah. So as far as the skills comp goes. I would like to see that, like have it have it in an open format. I I didn't really see any of that weird gimmicky shoot it from the rafters thing or whatever. Like, not from the rafters, but like yeah, that was silly. I didn't really I didn't see any of that, but I thought it was kind of just lame to yeah. begin with. But you know what? Like a lot of the All Star festivities feel forced and lame, and I think that if they want people to be genuinely interested. They have to figure out how to make it not feel forced like that, you know? So, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've got the answer to how to do that, but um, I think as far as the all-star game goes, if they like, they want to keep that sort of three-on-three format of pond hockey, if you will, I think that they're better off almost putting it at the end of the season like the Pro Bowl you look at the Pro Bowl in football and it's kind of like nobody's really trying. They're out there just to have fun and sort of do some things or whatever, you know. Have you ever and watched the Pro Bowl before? Because I haven't. No, no, never. I'm just curious, like, would would guys go? Yeah. Like, if, if, if the NHL well, had the All-Star game after the season, yeah. would guys go? I don't know. Because it would be in the playoffs or after the playoffs. And then... There's also at that same time, there's that tournament in Europe and all the rest of it. So I doubt anybody would go and I doubt anybody would watch. So in that case, maybe why not have it at the first of the season? You know what I mean? And the argument against that would be, well, how do you know who's an all-star? Well, just take whoever was awesome last year, I guess. Take your big names and whatever. Um, it it kind of seems to me that they don't know what the all-star game, what they want the all-star game to be. So, like, I'm fine with having the the mid-season format, but, like, if you want it to be something that's genuine and interesting, there needs to be a little bit of competitiveness to it, competition to it or whatever. So, maybe they do the thing like baseball, where it's like, if the Western Conference wins the thing, then they get home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final or or something like that. But 
I, I don't know. I feel like there would be a big stink about that. But like I think that's what they do in baseball, eh? If the that's AL, right, yeah. If the AL wins the, the... I think they need to apply something like that just to give the game some meaning. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, in addition to your thought about like... You, you don't at, want... At, at the start of the season, some of my favorite hockey events were those ones like the World Cup that just happened a couple years ago with Team North America. And that was in September. And that was before the, the year started. And then exactly. also... When Canada Cup used to happen, that always used to be like in September, like prior to the NHL season. So, and so, Canada Cup was freaking amazing. Yeah. And so what if they made the All-Star game a several-day tourney at the first of the season? So it gives the players the, the exhibition hockey they want and need or whatever. And it gives the fans all the big names in one place. It gives... You know, like you can make it into a fan fest celebration thing. Um, if it's in September, you can have it in Canada and people still can do things outside. Because that's the thing. Like they always want to have it in Florida. Next year's in Florida. Yeah. You know, the, the, obviously, like I get it. But like if it's, in, if it's in September, Winnipeg could theoretically host an all-star game. For sure. And people would care about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, make it. So if you want to keep that three-on-three tournament format or something... You give you have like the central. They would play the other three divisions, spread it out over two days or something like that, and do maybe more of a full game as opposed to the twenty minute games. You know, I'm not saying an hour, but maybe do a forty minute game yeah. or something, or a thirty minute or whatever. Well, um, like I, I I did like the World Cup format with like you know. T USA, Canada, yeah. North America was like the young stars from Canada and the US. You had Russia, you had Finland, you had Sweden, you had Team Europe, which was like the other smaller kind of Eastern countries. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was cool. Like I would much rather see maybe some sort of like nations battling against each other. Me too. Instead of like... I don't know. I think maybe well, there might there might be more at stake if, if it was it turned into like... Like if if the NHL is clearly not to go to the Olympics ever again, they should just say that and then do something yeah. of that nature instead of being like, you know, they talk about it forever and then they decide they're not going to go and then everyone's disappointed yeah. because everyone wants the NHL is at the like how great was like, 2010 oh, and 2014 exactly and you then know? they're like oh it's too late to get a World Cup going well come on yeah yeah I so think I like. Everyone, and even if like you, the world juniors and then the, even the world championships that happened, you know, at the same, that they usually, or they, they usually go on when like the first teams are eliminated from round one. And then some of those guys go over yeah. and they play world championships, yeah. even the Spangler cup, like yeah. everyone loves the international competition when it comes to hockey. Like maybe that, maybe that's the answer. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, and I agree with you. So, like, if they, I, I think that it, I think it'd be kind of interesting that you then in the mid mid season, like right now, you can do all the teams are off for one week, and you just have a one week bye week or whatever, or maybe you can stagger it, whatever you want to do. But you, you know, if you move the All Star game to the front of the season and change it from maybe just. Like, I don't know, maybe you do it by division or maybe you do it by nationalities and you do a full-on tourney like that. But I think if they were, if they didn't want to do the full tourney, at least have, like, 
spread out over say two to three days have like um, all-star games and like, you know, just basically like you could do five on five full team, full games if you're going to do it that way or something, you know, like I think it'd be interesting and it would be different and it might get people to care about it, especially because if it's like, if you look at the regular exhibition games, like that every team plays leading up to the regular season, they're often just a time for teams to test their prospects and fringe players to see if they want to get them on the go or whatever. They don't really give the stars much ice time. So here's a way then you can still have your exhibition games. You don't need as many this way. And you give those fringe guys your the test and everything to see if they're going to make the team. But then your star guys, they can go to this exhi- this all-star exhibition tourney thing and they get their pre-game skates in, they get or preseason skates in and they get, you know, up to speed playing with all the other best players in the league. So that's an idea anyway. I don't know. But if they I, I also really liked the women's three on three this year. I saw a little bit of that. It was exciting, yeah. They cared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was a two one game. Exactly. They cared. <laughs> yeah. They battled. It wasn't ten five or yeah. whatever, right? And so it's kind of neat to see. So if you just give them something to care about, then they'll and and money. They don't care about money. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can't be like a new car. Well, it's like they the, the team got a million bucks to split and it's like I think they get 90,000 bucks each. Like and I think they, they make that in one day. They give it to charity anyway. Yeah. So uh, So actually I just had a thought uh and then let's move on to some of the technology side of of what we saw over the weekend, but you know, chew on this for a moment. Yeah. If we don't get a World Cup or Olympics uh, in the next couple years, we're not going to ever see McDavid and Crosby on a team. I together. know. And it's frustrating because like, we, you know, we haven't really, aside from that world cup, uh, North America team, North America thing. We didn't really get to see McDavid international know. other than world well, juniors. Yeah. Like he, we haven't seen him in a team Canada sweater, you know? Yeah. And, and that's too bad. Like, yeah. The, that that needs to happen. So and and like yeah, Crosby like, and McDavid playing on the same power play together yeah, or something. Exactly. Like, like we gotta get something like yeah. that going. So, anyways, yeah, Gary, Gary Bettman yeah. just ruining our lives. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, uh, you know, as as we move forward through the ruining of the game, if you will, I don't know. Uh, uh, the NHL added a bunch of, or they're currently adding. I guess they were testing it out during the all-star weekend with the player tracking and the puck tracking and all that fun business. I'm sure you guys, if you're hockey fans, you've seen the clip where they have like all the players names, like floating around following them. And they, they, it was like during the warmups and you just saw like 87 (laughs) name bars. It's all just like (laughs) name bars. You can't see anything on the screen. So anyways, they have all this technology being added where I guess they added some chips into the back of their jerseys into the neck or something plus in the puck so then you can see the player's location speed and the puck speed and location and and possession and all that stuff all that you know stuff that just feeds into the the statistics and all the analytics and all that fun stuff that people like to talk about yeah um 
I guess did did you get to see a little bit of it this weekend? A little weekend? bit of yeah. it, yeah. Like I I I didn't just with everything going on. I didn't really watch uh, too much of the uh, All Star Weekend, but you know I saw highlights, I saw clips, I saw a little bit of the replay of it and stuff. Um, but to me, it looked like it was kind of it, it's a little bit annoying all that stuff. And I like on the one hand, I get it; it's fine. But the way that they use it right now is just annoying. It's like they've got a shiny new toy and they want to put it on all the time. And it's like totally unnecessary. It's fine. Like they were doing the thing tracking McDavid's skating path or whatever. And it's like, buddy, I can see where he just skated. You know, like they have a little ticker up there with the puck speed. That's just basically changing the whole time because the puck's moving the whole time going from one guy's stick pass to another guy's stick. Well, it's going to go from like 20 to 40 to 20. And it's like, so you can't even really read it. And it's like, who cares also? Like who, you know what I mean? If you want to be like, oh, that's how hard the guy's shot was then that's fine. But like show it in a replay. Yeah. In a replay or like during the in-between period uh, analysis and stuff, that's where that stuff can come in handy. Oh, what's the distance between these two players on the ice or whatever? Like, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like when you're watching the game, if there's all this pop-up stuff on there, it's just so annoying. And I just would, I would, I would rather not have it. Do they think, do you, or do you think the NHL, is under the impression that if they add all this stuff, it's going to make people more into the game because they'll be like, Oh, that's cool. And look at that. And that's all like bells and whistles. Like, is that their game plan or do they have something? It seems like that's the, what they think. Like they think that, yeah. Oh, well, Americans will like us more if we have more color things happening and flashy things on the screen and whatever like do, do you remember the fox puck yeah 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 so like was, that didn't last like it seems like that's what they want to do again here. yeah like it just is kind of it's it's fox puck 2.0 you know just like brighter and yeah it's shinier like, yeah i don't know um i can see the value in it for analytics but and for like talking about the game but like when you're watching a game uh, there's the, there better be an option to turn that crap off. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, it's ridiculous. Like if this, if they, I don't need name bars over the player telling me his name and his number. I can, I can see I can the see, Jersey yeah. number and I know who it is. Yeah. And half the time the announcers say the names wrong anyways. And yeah. we figure we know who it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Just in, in general, is it is it is this going to be a failed experiment that you know in a couple of years we're going to be like oh yeah I remember that stuff right. from the 2020 All Star game and how it you know crashed and burned or maybe it's now going to you know it'll adjust into the way that the game is changing and then I th- yeah. you know like you know I guess it's it's only t- like only time will tell and maybe for you know for someone like you and me. Uh, if you if you want to call us hockey purists, in, enjoying hockey just for the sake of hockey and mm. not for yeah. you know much else, uh, you know, well, yeah, maybe they, maybe like it's not for us, but it's going to be for that for next somebody. generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I can I can kind of see them streamlining it and making it better, 
but I think that there's, there will have to be an option to have it on or off. And, but like, yeah, like going forward, I, I, I don't think it'll be like, I, th I think it's here to stay to some degree and whether they'll just have to figure out how to present it better because the way that it was presented on all-star weekend was pretty stupid, but like, I, I guess we're we'll talking about it in the playoffs. They're going to roll it out then too. Okay. So we won't see it immediately. No, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I honestly, I can't really see TSN Jets pulling that off. It just seems like it would make Ab the freaking... Above their budget. Yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd like make the computer crash. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. We got re to reboot the computer. Oh, I forget the password. Oh. Maybe only the Saturday Saturday night yes. uh, HNIC game will have it, you yeah. know? Um, and then and I think that they'll overdo it because it's the new thing that they want, you know, and it'll be so annoying, but it'll be like a Leafs game and who watches those on Saturday anyway. So. Exactly. <laughs> We're out at the rink playing Caress of Steel. That's right. Uh, all right. So yeah, I guess I think we pretty much solved the all-star game and the future hockey. Nice. Nice. Good work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sweet. Didn't know if we could do it, but I think we did. We did it in about uh, 20 minutes. Right on. Or in about uh, two thirds uh, of a beer. Yeah. 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 I got, still got a little bit left here. So well, let's take a quick break. Come back for the third period. Talk about Neil Sheehy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to learn how to say his name. And, uh, and Duncan. Duncan Keith. The man with two first names. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the third period of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, season two, episode fourteen. We're gonna run a little saggy that we haven't done in a while. It's the Vintage Hockey Hair Player of the Week. This is the uh, segment that's kind of based on the Instagram account that uh, that uh, the the show's Instagram has grown from. It started out as something called Vintage Hockey Hair, and it was just a feature of players from the past with uh, beautiful hair and mustaches and all the rest of it. And um, so I was inspired today about uh, Neil Shahey. I still don't know if I'm saying it right, but... <laughs> I would say Sheehy. Sheehy. Okay, but, Neil Sheehy. Yeah. So uh, I was inspired today because I read a bit of an article. Oh, okay. I scanned an article. You read um, the you read the title. I read the headline, and <laughs> it was it a it was, was a paywall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was former enforcer Sheehy uh, says that uh, Kachuk doesn't have to fight Cassian in the Battle of Alberta coming up this week because of the past discrepancies between the two. Um, so it got me thinking: Who's Neil Sheehy? I don't remember that name. So I Googled him and lo and behold, a picture of him. I was like, that is a vintage hockey hair player example A. So he's got the mullet. He's got no sideburns yeah. as it was the style of the time in the 80s. And he's got a mustache that hooks right around the edges of his lips and comes down the side a little bit. And he's just got that glean in his eye that says, 
boys, I'm about to drop these mitts and go crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's he's a, a looker. And I'll tell you a little bit about him. So he's born in Fort Francis, Ontario, just near Rainy River, I believe. Right Northern on the, Ontario. Yeah, kind of down uh, south of Kenora a little bit along uh, uh, Lake of the Woods and uh, Kakagi Lake, I believe it's called, and somewhere down there anyway. And it's right on the border with the USA. So he was actually raised on the American side and is a dual citizen. He's Canadian-born, but he's American. Um, and he went to Harvard. So he's, wow. yeah, he's graduated from Harvard. He's a, like George Peros. That, guy, that guy's a Harvard guy, He's too. been in the news lately, eh? Yeah, so... Uh, tough guys uh, with uh, some uh, big brains, I guess. But um, yeah, so I mean, Neil is a—he's you know he's six two, two fifteen. He played defense, and if you look at his stats, um, he played in the NHL for three hundred and seventy nine games over the span of you know ten seasons or something like that. Um, and his, his point totals, why don't we do a quick little, okay. Guess, guess how many points? 379 games. Yeah. He's a defenseman. Uh, I'm going to say 180. Not even close. 65. Oh, Neil. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't known <laughs> Go for Go back his, to Harvard. Yeah. He wasn't known for his offensive output, but I'll tell you what he had. 1,311 penalty minutes in the NHL. So, oh. yeah, he racked him up, and he was a feared fighter. His So he was on the team, on the Calgary team that went to the finals in 86 against Montreal and lost. That was Patrick Waugh's rookie year when the, when the Habs won the Cup that year. And he was on that team, and his defensive play and toughness helped him out along the way. But then, unfortunately, he got traded uh to Hartford and then the next year he was in Washington and that's when the Flames won the cup so he missed the boat on that one and um poor Neil yeah poor Neil he went over so like the last year of pro hockey that he played 93-94 he went over to Ljubljana which is in Slovenia home of Andrzej Kopitar I've been there nice yeah I've always. I, it's, it's a beautiful city. Seems really cool. I, I was there with High Five Drive in 2010. That's awesome. Right on. Well, Ljubljana. Uh, that's where Neil Sheehy played his last year of hockey. He had this his best statistical year ever. He lit up, lit it up, or what? Oh, did he ever? He played 23 games. He had 14 goals, 23 assists, 37 points. Still got 89 penalty minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> he scored a goal and then he fought his way to the penalty box to, to celebrate. But yeah, no, just a beauty of a player. So here's a fun fact about him. Um, he is one of two NHL players to wear the number zero. Nice. Yeah. Actually, I should check that uh, hockey numbers book oh, that yeah. I have. I bet you'd be in there. Um, yeah, the other was a guy named Paul Bibeau. Um and so eventually, he so he was the last player in NHL history to wear zero. He wore it for the Hartford Whalers in 1988, and uh, then the league, the league after that, they said, uh, "Nope, can't do that anymore because it screws with our statistics somehow." 
So, yeah, he um, he that he was the last guy to wear number zero. And look at this. Look at this. It is there. Nice. A nice. full page about Mr. Sheehy. Nice. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. And there's Paul Bebo as well. Okay. There you go. And Paul Bebo was like old timey, like the black and white yeah. era. Yeah. But then prior to page zero is page double zero. Oh. And you got John Davidson and Martin Biron. Marty Biron. I kind of remember him wearing a double zero. That's weird. Well, anyway, that's 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 really all I got to say about Neil Sheehy. I'm all right. Tell you, I'm going to tell the listeners here. Check out at Talking Hockey Podcast on Instagram, and I'm going to post some pictures of Neil Sheehy and his fabulous mustache and excellent mullet, and then we'll, um, you know, just scroll through there and yeah, keep abreast of all the the great hockey hair in the world. So check it out, and yeah, that's all. All right, on to the local legend, uh, and this this has been inspired. Uh, by two things actually, yeah. And it was one was like the discussion on whether or not someone's local if they were just born here, right? And didn't really what grow makes up. A local, a local. Yeah. So, frick it, this guy is a local legend. <laughs> the other guy that would fall under this category is Max Domi, who right. says it's he's born in Winnipeg, but he didn't really grow up here. Right. He would have grown. He spent all his develop, de- developing years in Toronto. Yeah. But uh, you know, my the fine folks here at Wikipedia. Duncan Keith, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Keith Duncan. Who's Keith Duncan? I don't know. I'm going to click on his name here. Oh, yeah. But you don't <laughs> want to confuse him with him. That's for sure. Oh, he's an American football place kicker for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, yeah. So not him, but the defenseman who's won three Stanley Cups. Yeah. And a Norris trophy or two. So and what, what I've... medals. Yeah. What I've heard lately about Duncan Keith is he's potentially on the trade block. Yeah. Uh, possibly towards the... Toward, to go to Florida because... Down there, you got Joe Joe Quinville, and you got uh, Dale Talon, his old GM as well. And you know, by the sounds of things, Florida is looking for that number one defenseman with experience in the playoffs. I mean, they don't get much better than Duncan Keith. You look you look under defenseman or experienced defenseman in the playoffs, and Duncan Keith's picture is is in the article right from, beside it from his interview on uh spit and chicklets a few months back or weeks back it sounded kind of like keith found his game under coach q so oh, that, yeah that would be a happy reunion i think if it, it were to happen that that's the latest rumor i'm not sure where i read it it was somewhere online today mm-hmm. um but basically uh the winnipeg connection is he was born here in winnipeg yeah uh, his father was in Winnipeg with the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. CIBC. And then he transferred to Fort Francis. Oh, no way. Probably to work with Neil Sheehy's dad. Pro- probably. <laughs> so, uh, you know, here's some, you know, everyone knows about uh, Duncan Keith and the Stanley Cups. And he's the freewheeling, like steady defenseman. But basically, he, you know, let's 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 dig into the Wikipedia here yeah. about like some things that we didn't know really know about him. Yeah. He played. Can I guess one thing we didn't know? What's that? He played one year of college hockey before he returned to junior hockey in BC. He played uh, three years for Penticton Panthers, and yeah. he was recruited by Michigan State University yeah. and played college there 
for two years. Two years, okay, yeah. Uh, with the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah. Um, but uh, Keith Duncan grew up as a Boston Bruins fan. Boo. Uh, well, Ray Bork was his favorite player. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Uh, as well as Cam Neely and Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. So, you know, he's got... I can't argue with any of those. He's got good taste in hockey players, especially Cam Neely after he was seen in the movie Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Kick his ass, sea bass. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, uh, Duncan, uh, he he began to be recruited for AAA Bantam in Thunder Bay. His father obtained a managerial position in Summerland, B.C., Okay. So at age fifteen, his family moved by moved so to nearby left. Penticton. Yeah. And they, he went. He ended up growing up in BC, which is yeah. when you hear about Duncan. You think you, you think BC because yeah. that's where he would have played his you know the hockey that really moved got there him to noticed. A teenager, yeah. Yeah. So he left uh, Fort Francis. Yeah. Which I'll just quick aside Fort Francis. Oh, oh. So, but no quick asides. Well, we got a minute here. Okay. So that's obviously the whistle to yeah. end the epi. Um, yeah, go that's for about it. All she wrote. I was just going to say down Fort Francis way, you'll see so many different license plates. Every state. You can count every state there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they all vacation up there. All right. So I guess that, that you know, Duncan Keith kind of gets the, uh, you know, the abbreviated uh, yeah. local legend segment. But hey, that's the way she goes. Great hair, when, too. When, oh, he's, yeah. He's got great hair. Great hair, great wheels. He's a great skater. Yeah. Love that guy. So coming up in the next uh, little while here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we are going to have Matt Stats coming up yeah. soon. Yeah. We've been, we've been pumping the tires of Matt Stats. We're going to make it happen. Hopefully next week it'll be on. And yeah. we have a episode coming up here with our good friend Keebler, who plays on Crest of Steel. But he also worked at the arena where the Medicine Hat Tigers yeah. play their and hockey matches. And he's also currently an employee of True North, and he's running the running the helping run the show there on yes. on Jets and Moose game days. We'll, we'll get some hot inside scoops, I hope. And we'll talk maybe some punk rock touring because he was also a tour he, manager. He's done for, that. He knows everybody. He knows uh, He knows it all. And yeah. also coming up here soon is the well, uh, outdoor tournament called Apocalypse yeah, Now. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the highlight of the winter in Winnipeg. And this is a Winnipeg band kicking off a little song here called Elegy for Gump Worsley. Gump was a goalie. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll just hush up and let the weaker thens take you out. He looked more like our fathers, not a goalie, player, athlete, period. Smoke, half ash, stuck in that permanent smirk. Tugging jersey around the beer gut. I'm strictly a whiskey man, was one of the sticks he taped up. And gave to a nation of pudgy boys whose beverage rooms. Favorites from Plimpton's list of objects thrown by Rangers fans. Soup cans. A persimmon. Eggs. A folding chair and a dead rabbit. Breakdown of 68 and 69, 
after pant crap flights from LA, the expansion. The shrink told me to change occupations. I had to forget it. Thank you.